Do you need a break? You read my mind. Come with me. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Welcome to The Break. I'm your host, Father Roderick. And as you know, I'm a priest and I'm a geek. And I love to share with you my passion for all these wonderful imaginative stories, be it Star Wars, anime, fantasy, superhero, science fiction. I will give you my tips on what to watch, read, or listen to the next time you have a break. And let's start with Star Wars. History of the Galaxy Parts 1, 2, and 3. One being the best, of course. I still have those stories in my archive memory. Would you like to hear one? Your choice. Very well. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. We need to talk about one of the most shocking questions that was ever asked with regards to Star Wars to anyone in our galaxy. And in this case, it was an, a question that was uh, asked to English film director Matthew Vaughn during a podcast episode of Happy, Sad, and Confused. And the question was, would you reboot Star Wars? For me, doing a Star Wars movie is to play with the characters that I loved. So if they said to me, we'll reboot, do you want to reboot Star Wars and actually have Luke Skywalker solo and vader and you do your version of it everyone would say you're an idiot to try but that would excite me oh my god um, you are you mm -hmm. have a death wish that's so that's so scary to even contemplate that recasting that's yeah why not wow. bond do you mind bond that's I mean, true if, that's true you know you asked me who's going to play the next wolverine that's true. why are these characters so hallowed that from 77 you can't redo it for a new audience and that's the story i mean star wars is the skywalker family yeah. All right, and that's where I think they've gone wrong because they've forgot that it's you know, and 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 they've done brilliantly in the TV, but it needs an epic new film, and that's what I would do. I'd go right. Everyone's going to go batshit crazy, <laughs> but <laughs> but let's bring it on because if you want a new generation, make the movie for them, and the old generation can hopefully make it well enough that they go, okay, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. What's wrong with the existing movies? Why wouldn't they appeal to a younger generation? I think, actually, they still work. They are timeless. Why on earth would you ever reboot Star Wars? Now, of course, I understand he compares it to franchises like James Bond or the Marvel Universe. And if you look at the comic books and the history of comic books, yes, these superhero stories get retold over and over again. And every new retelling makes it a little bit more up to date. And in James Bond, they sometimes even use the same novel to make two completely different movies with different actors playing James Bond. I think that is okay because these movies and TV shows are based on books and on comics. With Star Wars, the movies are the original. And there is something else. Um, both James Bond and, uh, be it Marvel or DC, these are, in a certain way, kind of archetypal, archetypical stories. Um, and it's the same story that you tell over and over again. Whereas the difference with Star Wars is, Star Wars is, in its essence, a generational story. This is what George Lucas originally planned. He wanted the story to start with Anakin Skywalker. That's the central focus of the prequels. 
And then the middle part is all about Luke Skywalker, Anakin's son. And so it's the new generation. And then after that, we see the next generation. And all of a sudden, it's no longer just a family story, but it is new Jedi that adopt the name Skywalker because they identify with that generational story that has brought them so much inspiration. And so the generational aspect, I think, is fundamental to the essence of of Star Wars. It would be as if you would say, hey, you've got the Bible, right? And there is this part that is really, really popular. For me, the Bible is mostly Jesus and the apostles, you know? Let's Let's write another Bible, like part two, and let's do like a retelling, but this time we'll do like um, Jesus and and he will have a dog because you need to appeal to kids. And then maybe we'll do like six female apostles and then um, six male apostles. We'll... We'll 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 ha- have it you know play in in the United States because it's that's a little bit a, a broader market you know no no you cannot rewrite the Gospels because this is a history and you cannot understand you cannot really understand and read the Gospels without knowing what it is the the fulfillment of the the old testament is not just discarded because now we have the new testament it's all new and brand new and let's just reboot that because that's a successful story no the old testament it's the it's a a a tale or it is multiple tales about the origin of the world all the way to the present day at the time then you have jesus and then you have the acts of of the apostles and and the letters of saint paul and and you've you've got that continuation in history and in to a certain extent, today we are still adding stories to that big, you know, ultimate story of our world and the relationship between God and his people. I think you would destroy Star Wars if you would reboot it. Um, and, you know, for me, a, a franchise that is kind of on the, uh, in between... Like, should you reboot it? Could you reboot it? Is um, this rumored... Re- well, it's no longer rumored. It's been confirmed. Is that Warner Brothers wants to reboot the Harry Potter story. And a lot of Harry Potter fans are upset about that. What is wrong with the current movies? Well, I would say don't do it. These movies are so beloved and people have identified uh, the, the characters from the book with the actors who portray them. And for for a lot of fans, it was already kind of a, a, a whiplash moment when, unfortunately, the actor who played uh, Dumbledore had to be replaced because the original actor died. Um, but now they want to recast everyone. And I, w- I would say what makes this... Hard is that, yes, the books are different from the movies, and what they apparently want to do is to do, like, one season per book and then stay much closer to the text. I can see the value of that, even though I would still probably opt for, like, an animated version or something that is informed different from what we've seen in the movies because I think what makes Harry Potter Harry Potter for so many Uh, fans, and this also already covers multiple generations, just like Star Wars, is that these movies have become kind of the the ultimate telling of that story. Um, I know it's complicated because at least there you have 
a difference between the books and then the movies that are based on the books. But you don't have that with Star Wars. The Star Wars movies are the originals. And I, I think it would be a big, big mistake to try to reboot them. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. As always, I welcome your feedback. But for now, that's enough. I don't think, I hope I will never see the day that they will reboot the original uh, Skywalker saga. Also because it's not just about Skywalker. This is why the sequels ended with this moment that there is this broadening. And now you've got Rey, who is not at all family. uh, and, And, but she continues to take on the heritage of the Skywalker family. And thereby, I think the, 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 the story tries to say, well, now it's wide open. Let's continue this story. But let's not go back and rehash the, th- the same thing over and over again. I think that's, that's one of the things that we do way too often nowadays is always kind of shy away from, from creativity and new ideas and just go for what is safe and just do the same thing over and over again. No, please don't. Anyway, let's move over to the world of of Japanese animation. Anime. Japanimation. I created a new jingle because I want to make this a recurring element of my show. I really, really like uh, a number of anime series. And, of course, when I say anime, it's very broad. It's it's even broader than saying I like science fiction because science fiction is still a certain genre. But anime, it, it just means animated animated series and it can be about anything. You have science fiction, you've got fantasy stories, you've got uh, just modern day stories, crime stories, there's so much there. Um, and you know that I I was introduced to anime thanks to a particular series that was uh, recommended to me by my followers, which was Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is an older anime series itself based on the... Um, Gundam series, which, by the way, uh, the the creator of the Gundam series was a Catholic. Um, And so you see a number of those religious elements that were already present in the Gundam series. You see them return in Evangelion, and it becomes even more complex, and it's super dense and super rich, but fascinating. And then since I liked that so much, I started to check out other series. And today I want to give you an overview of the five anime series that I'm currently watching and enjoying, starting on number five with Dr. Stone. In Dr. Stone, we follow a brilliant scientist, Senku, and he wakes up thousands of years after he last closed his eyes. And in the meantime, the world has completely changed. So, by some mysterious cause, the entire uh, and the entire civilization, mankind, has been turned into stone. So all the cities are now overgrown. There are still animals out there, but apparently all the human beings have turned into stone statues. And so he is able to free himself from that stone enclosure and. He's been alive for thousands of years, and a good friend of him also is able to break free from the stone, and then slowly, together, they try to to wake up more people and to start all over again. What I love about Dr. Stone is that it it is a bit of an educational series, so it gives you a lot of uh, like basic... Um, 
like chemistry knowledge, uh, genetics, uh, all sorts of science-related stuff, because they need science in order to rebuild the world. But then, of course, this scientist discovers that rebuilding a society is not just about science. There's also emotions. There's also all the human flaws that that are part of this whole process. And so, of course, he's got some trouble dealing with those kind of things, being this brilliant scientist. Uh, it's such an original story. It's very well executed. And and um, I, I'm, I'm just very eager to discover what will happen next. Number four, Vinland Saga. This is a fascinating anime series. There are two seasons out there. It's, I think it's uh, on, um, on Netflix in most countries. And this um, anime is set in Europe during the time of the Viking Age. And we follow Thorfinn. And Thorfinn, in the beginning of the story, is just this young boy. Um, and his father has been a warrior and finally returns home. He's a bit of a changed man. He wants to live a peaceful life. But he is brought back to the war by former you know, people that go after him and ends up being murdered. And so the whole story is about this young boy growing up and wanting to avenge the 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 murder his murdered father um what i really like is the way in which they implemented real historical elements into the story the story itself is fictional uh, but a number of characters that that have actually pretty important roles are historical characters and sometimes it's just a name and then they create a different story around that person um and the way in which they depict the historical situation in europe at the time um, is also quite accurate. And so you see the Vikings invading uh, parts of England and then attacking the, the monasteries. And we all know that that actually happened. And it's it's great to see just this, this anime version of, of that important piece of our history. Number three, Attack on Titan. Um, in this story, mankind lives behind walls to protect them against humanoid giants who are flesh-eating, people-eating giants um, called titans. And, and we follow a group of, of young friends who fight these titans and at the same time discover more and more about the origin of these humanoid giants. Um, what I love about this series is the great world-building. There are also some interesting religious elements there. There is the, 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 the religion of the wall, and then you've got the local politicians who are seemingly, you know, uh, there's always tension going on between the religious part of society and then the political side of things. Um, and, and then, of course, there's this, this unfolding mystery of who are these giants and how did the world end up like that? Um, number Two, Mobile Suit Gundam. This is the classic anime that I just mentioned that heavily inspired Neon Genesis Evangelion. I'm currently reviewing um, the religious elements in the rebuilt movies of Neon Genesis Evangelion. So those are kind of remakes of, this, of the original story. And then the story actually goes into a very different direction, talking about reboots. Um, but I wanted to check out the classic a mobile suit Gundam series that inspired Evangelion. Um, the premise is similar. Pilots in giant mobile suits fight in a war between Earth and, this time not angels, like alien creatures, but space colonies. And it is very interesting to see the similarities with Evangelion. 
even though this is a much even older series and so a lot of the animation is very different from what is considered anime or the anime style nowadays so it's 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 really it, it brings me back to the 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 times that I was in high school and we that was the first time the, that on Dutch television they showed these Japanese animated series and they looked very much like Mobile Suit Gundam they didn't look anything like what we consider to to be like classic anime style today and then on number one One Piece this is maybe one of the most popular both manga series and anime series um, the anime is uh, um, uh, has has countless episodes. The manga is even even uh, worse, <laughs> or worse. I mean, it's even better because there are thousands and thousands of hours that you can spend in the world of One Piece. We follow Monkey D. Luffy, Luffy, I think he's called, and his crew of fellow pirates in their search for the legendary One Piece treasure. That's where the series get its gets its name from and um what the reason that i started watching this and initially i didn't want to watch one piece because it was so overwhelming i mean we're talking about i don't know how many seasons it's, it's just so much uh time that i would need to invest to in the series to catch up but recently netflix uh, presented us with a live action version of the the first few episodes i think well, it's just a very small piece of the of the one piece story and uh, everybody was worried you know because we've had some very unsuccessful live action versions of of anime series before um cowboy bebop is one of the uh, most hated <laughs> examples of that, at least by the fans of the original um, uh, Cowboy Bebop series. Um, I actually thought it was quite entertaining, but a lot of the hardcore fans didn't like it. But to everyone's surprise, one the One Piece live-action series is really faithful to the original and, and is just as fun. And so even if you don't care for anime, go and watch the One Piece uh, live action series on Netflix. I'm pretty sure that you'll have a great time. It's a lot of fun. What I love about that series is it's just totally inhibited, uh, inhibited um, joy. This is all about exploration and adventure, and uh, this is what I what I was like a kid. I wanted to be a pirate. I wanted to be uh, an astronaut. I, I dreamed of of treasures and unknown planets to discover. And this series really brings that back so um highly recommended uh one piece so those are the five series that i'm currently watching and i might also review some of those uh um, series in my tiktok feed and on youtube so keep an eye on that as well why are you wearing glasses uh um reading reading mm -hmm. i didn't know you could read well, I can read, and I did read uh, an interesting book written by Philip K. Dick. It's called The Adjustment Team. Now, Philip K. Dick, of course, is the author of a ton of science fiction stories, many of which served as the inspiration for movies and TV series. 
my favorite story is um, his original novel, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? That formed the basis for the famous Blade Runner movie. But you also have the, the Man in the High Castle. And this particular book, The Adjustment Team, was the basis of another movie called The Adjustment Bureau. And um, it's, a, it's an amazing story. The, in the original uh, story... Uh, we follow Ed Fletcher, who discovers that there is this group of mysterious adjustment agents um, that are controlling the world. They are manipulating people's lives so that everything goes according to a predetermined plan. And Ed Fletcher is trying to escape their influence and he wants to regain control over his destiny. He wants to be able to exert his free will. But, of course, the Adjustment Bureau tries to prevent him from going rogue. Now, this, of course, is a wonderful idea for, uh, for a much longer story, which is what they did in the, um, in the movie where they um, uh, hired two great actors, Matt Damon and Emily Blunt, to play two characters. So Matt Damon plays the... Ed Fletcher character, I think he has got a different name in the movie, and Emily Blunt plays his love interest, who at one point discovers that, well, is, is actually made uh, aware of the fact that there is this adjustment bureau of these these agents. They look a little bit, or they reminded me a little bit of the, the agents in um, Man in Black. They're kind of similar, old-fashioned guys with, uh, with sunglasses and... Um, Every time the the sacred timeline uh, tends to branch off in a way that is not ratified by the by the whoever writes the story of of mankind, uh, they have to intervene and re reprogram people, etc. Now, I already used a couple of words that may sound familiar to those of you that are currently watching the second season of Loki, because I was stunned to see how much. Both the movie and the original novel by Philip K. Dick have similar themes to the Loki series. Now, in Loki, if you don't, if you're not familiar with that series, um, Loki, of course, is is um, this this Norse god who um, is uh, in the, when we first meet him in the stories of the Avengers um, is is the half brother of Thor and. He is all about power. Where Thor is the classic superhero, he is the classic supervillain. But he is um, somehow pulled out of his timeline and ends up at the TVA, the uh, Time Variance Authority. And this is a bureaucratic organization that is trying to maintain the balance of the universe. So similar to the Adjustment Bureau, um, this Time Variance Authority has to make sure that history um, follows a predetermined path. And of course, that, that generates a lot of interesting questions. Well, what about free will? If everything's already predetermined, if, if every time you think you're making a, a, a free choice and then the TVA enters the picture, sometimes even travels in time to... to, to readjust whatever you wanted to do so that you um, go back to the sacred timeline. Um, it's it's very, very similar to the original idea by Philip K. Dick. And um, in Loki, you also have this love interest. So Loki falls in love with a 
female version of himself, and uh, which is kind of really awkward. Um, but in that respect, it, it definitely mirrors the, um, the, the the Matt Damon Emily Blunt relationship in the Adjustment Bureau. Um, the difference, one of the differences is that in Loki there's much more time travel involved and at one point, of course, and this is what the second season is about, everything goes haywire because there, there is, um, uh, the TVA is no longer able to control the sacred timeline and so uh, the, the timeline started, start to branch off and you get all these different you know, multiversal realities, and uh, and and that seems to create a, a, a major cataclysmic event, unless Loki and his friends are able to stop this from continuing. But then the question is, of course, do you want to go back to this sacred timeline where there's just one timeline and then there's no more free will? I love this whole concept. I love this story. And I really enjoyed uh, the Adjustment Bureau. Um, and I love that we see a similar story told still very differently in in Loki. But if you if you want to go back to I think what the original or the original idea was that led to um, to this story of Loki, then then go go and read Philip K. Dick's uh, the adjustment team. It's a it's a short story. It's an easy read, um, but really, really a, a good good food for thought. And with that, it is time to wrap up this episode of The Break. For my patrons, I will continue uh, The Break a little bit longer. I do have some other segments that I always talk about in the premium version of this podcast. So I talk about uh, video games that I play, technology. Um, sometimes I I share some recipes, stuff I tried out in my kitchen. It's kind of like Father Roderick behind the scenes. It's a bit more of a... Uh, a look behind the scenes into the things I do whenever I'm not recording the break or or working in the parish. So um, check out patreon.com slash fatherroderick if you want to help. And um, I hope you enjoyed this show. Let me know and we'll talk soon. Take care.